1: If it's social then you really could believe you can't have my people say it's so serious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. oh
0: oh
1: oh Now Carrie Kirpin Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm CEO of Lifeable Media, Carrie Kirpin, and today I am feeling hungry. Why? Because I am here with Casey Gein. Casey Geen is senior manager of social media at Grubhub Inc., a leading online and mobile food ordering company from which I ordered today. That's how hungry I am. At Grubhub, Casey oversees integrated social media marketing. Immersed in the social media craze from the beginning, she's been developing and executing social media marketing and social care programs for the past eight years. Prior to Grubhub, Casey was global social media marketing manager at Abercrombie and Kent, which is a luxury travel. Company, and she had a variety of social media roles at various agencies. In addition to all things social, Casey also has extensive experience in integrated marketing and crisis and reputation management, and we are so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you. You are truly a social lady, one who has been immersed in this from the beginning. So oh, tell us you. tell us a little bit about how you got into your field and specifically, you know, what was it about social media that made you really fall in love with it?
0: Yeah, sure. So I actually got into it um, back in college. I was part of a online radio station, and we used social media to communicate with um, everyone on campus. So it was back when uh, social media was very small. It was basically just Facebook and it was opened up only to universities. And I created a group page because there were no pages or anything like that uh, to promote our radio station. And it was the first group that our campus ever saw. Um, And that's how we promoted our concerts, our events, and just general awareness of the radio station. Um, We also used um, IM to communicate with our listeners, which was similar to what Twitter became when it rolled out. Um, and so it sort of just evolved, and I had this passion for this immediacy and this connection to a community. Um, and then I started working in crisis communications at a PR firm, and our clients were being attacked on the blog sphere because that was what social media was back then. Right. And so I would incorporate um, that into our risk assessments and our crisis plans, and then all of a sudden Facebook opened up to, blog, or to brands and Twitter rolled out. And social media evolved, and I just really loved that. And my crisis background became relevant to that industry as well, and I just sort of morphed my way into this thing called social media. Wow. Um, and so I've been doing it ever since, and I can't stop.
1: <laughs> so all roads kind of led to this, and you've you've yeah. seen a tremendous amount of change. So it must have worked for you at the radio station when you had started with this group, right, on Facebook, and then all of these as, as social media evolved, you probably have to evolve a lot of your strategy for whichever company you're working for at the time. You probably have to evolve a lot of the tools and tactics that you use.
0: Yeah, it changes so much. It changes depending on how many fans or followers you have. It changes every year. I mean, it, it constantly evolves. And it's great for me because um, I love the challenge and I get bored easily. So it's great.
1: It's awesome. Um,
0: And it's so unique because you learn so much about people. You learn so much about your customers um, and just um, the world in general. So it's a really great industry to be in.
1: And so... Casey, how do you manage? I know you've done a tremendous amount of innovative work um, at your company and just in your past. How do you stay innovative in a constantly changing landscape? You know, how does it how do you challenge yourself to do that?
0: Yes, yeah, so it's definitely hard, I think, but it's something that I love to do. It's one of my uh, my favorite things actually about being in social media. And what I try to do is I test and I learn constantly. I'm always willing to try something new. So whether it's a new platform or a new tactic, I'm always going to give it a try because you don't know if it's going to work unless you do. So I'm always trying new things, a new copy, new creative, new promotions. Um, I'm always rolling it out. And what's great with social media is that if it doesn't work, you can take it down. Um, it's There's this immediacy Um, In social media as well, that um, the content's up there just for a day, Um, in most cases, or in an hour, depending on what platform you're on. Um, And with Snapchat, 24 hours, and it completely disappears.
1: I love it. I I love it.
0: It's a a platform or it's an industry that's really just made for constant change and trying new things, and people are open to it. And what's also great, too, is that you get immediate feedback from your customers as well, where you're going to know if it's working or not. And so you can constantly evolve and try new things based on the feedback that you're getting. So you're going to know if it works or not. And if it works on Facebook, you can then try it and see if it works on Twitter, or you can change it completely um, based on the results that you get. And so it just... It's a really great um, area where you can just really try different things and change um, change your tactics and things just based on your results and just how you feel for the day.
1: It's interesting because I know you and have worked with you before, and I know how important uh, kind of social data is in terms of reporting and looking at what works and what doesn't. What I love hearing is about how when you're trying in terms of staying innovative, it sounds like you're always looking at analyzing after, like once it's up. But in terms of taking the chances on the new network or, you know, the new tone, you know, just trying something, you're really open to doing that. And that helps you stay innovative. That's fabulous. Yeah, definitely. So tell me tell me a little bit about how you measure the success of social. So how are you measuring whether or not something is successful? What tips do you have for doing this?
0: Yeah, so I actually look at measurement and success in two different ways. Um, One is the business ROI, and I think that's extremely important, and that's really how you prove success to your C-suite. So that's um, things such as um, new customers, um, orders, or um, or sales and things like that, or brand awareness. Those are the most important things that affect the bottom line of your business. So I think those are very important. And what's great is that there's so many tools and tracking mechanisms out there right now that you can do that. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I also do and what our team does is track the other um, softer metrics for yep. social. They're still important to measure. And the reason why is because it tells you, if what you're doing on a day-to-day basis works, so engagement, the comments, the likes, the shares, as well as the the reach that you're getting, if those metrics aren't improving or at least staying consistent over time, it means that your content's not working. And if your content's not working, then you're not going to get a new customer. You're not going to get those that sale that you're looking for, because if no one's seeing your content or if no one's engaging with it, then it's not working and your message isn't being received. So all of those metrics are important. You just probably don't want to share how many comments you got to your C-suite because it's not going to resonate with them. But it's still important to watch because that's how you know if you're you're being effective.
1: That is such great insight in terms of the softer metrics being a precursor to the greater business metric, right, which is what your C-suite wants and understands. I love that perspective. So You've launched a number of networks in your career in working as particularly in Grubhub i know and and looking mm-hmm. at overall across the board throughout your career. you've launched on a number of networks there how do you How do you plan for a launch? Do you just kind of throw stuff up there and see if it sticks is it is it part of being innovative or is there a full plan behind each network that you launch? Yeah,
0: so it definitely depends on the network um but the first thing is to decide if it's a if the platform's right for you and your brand so the first step is to really look at the demographics of that, on that platform mm-hmm. if it's relevant to you. So, for instance, Snapchat is very um, – it's a young demographic yep. between 18 to 25. Yep. And it's also a very temporary network. So there's this um, the sense of immediacy yes.
1: um, and urgency as well. Tell us and a little so, bit about what you've done with this because this is a great example to use.
0: Yeah, sure. So actually before we ever launched out, um, we were I mean I personally was on it for about um a year before launching because my cousins were on it and told me about it over the holidays. And I was like, what is this thing? So I would watch and just I would see how um the consumers were using it. Yeah. It was before any brands got on. And then Taco Bell joined and so I was yes. watching them and seeing how they were performing and what they were doing. And so we were slowly just watching the environment. And we were trying to decide how we could get involved. And then, to your point, we created a plan. We're like, this is the reason why we want to get on because of the demographic 18 to 25. This is a key audience for Grubhub. Yes. As well as how we're going to use it. So we developed a content strategy, um, as well as what we were going to do to roll it out. Um, the first few uh, snaps is what we decided to go out with. Um, And then that's how we did it. And it was a big test and learn. Every week we decided on something new. Uh, Snapchat also rolled out a few different features within those first three months. Yep. Um, they rolled out stories. Yes. Like we launched in August, uh, Snapchat rolled out stories that um, October. Oh, great. Um, And then, so we just constantly change and we constantly learned and we always wanted to be one of the innovators on that platform. So constantly jumping into the new initiatives and trying it first um, and always um, testing and learning, which is what we went back to, um, what what we were talking about earlier. Um, And so really it's about jumping in and trying to really identify and learn about the platform and using it the way it's intended, right? the way the audience is using it themselves and trying to incorporate your brand voice into it.
1: I love that story. And so uh, Snapchat has worked out really well for you then.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, It's one of our most successful platforms today. Ah!
1: That is so awesome. And I know that in the past you've managed social media globally. Can you talk to me a little bit about that challenge? I know we, we've talked with quite a few of our social ladies about a global approach when you're, you have different not only different cultures, but different networks that are popular, different strategies, different tones. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the difference between managing a kind of a global brand versus something that's more national or regional.
0: Yeah, sure. So at Abercrombie & Kent, um, I managed the, the global presence for social media there. And we had uh, three different marketing offices, the U.S., U.K., and Australia. Um, but we communicated uh, globally uh, to um, across the world and also had... 65 different destination offices, which means that we were communicating our social media strategy to those 65 offices in Africa, in Latin America, in Asia. So I was trying to communicate how we do social in multiple languages and multiple time zones. And so what was really interesting was trying to not only communicate the barrier of um, what is like how to communicate to a consumer. Yep and get the consumer interested across the UK and Australia, but also how to engage with social media from our employees across the globe. Mm. And so it was, that was actually the most challenging because everyone used it completely different. I mean, for instance, in the bush and on a safari um, in Africa, they didn't have Wi-Fi um, access while you were actually in the bush traveling from safari spot to the next safari spot. And so we had to actually set up different opportunities for our customers to use social media so they could post their photos to their friends and family. And so these were things that we weren't actually thinking of or considering. Um, And then also just the nature of social media and how people used it and what people would share as well. So it wasn't just from a consumer level, but it was also what employees were used to sharing from their own standpoint as well and then how they could communicate it once the consumers came to visit their location.
1: So a whole other level of challenges mm-hmm. to think about. Unbelievable. Definitely. So Casey, I know we've talked a little bit about your current position where you are, and we talked a little bit about some of your past positions, but I'd love to talk about Casey, the amazing career woman. I know from Brand Innovators, you were just named in the 40 Under 40 class of 2014 for the Midwest. Congratulations.
0: Well, thank you.
1: Yay! How do you feel about this achievement? This is like a big deal.
0: Oh, it was fantastic. It was such a great group to be
1: representative with. Um, So it was so exciting when I found out the news last year. That's amazing. And so tell me a little bit about through your career, you've obviously had a successful career, you've been recognized for it. Tell me about not just some of the successes, which I I love hearing about, but some of the challenges. What are some of the challenges that you faced in your career and and tell us a little bit about how you overcame them?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, and I think a lot of other people face this too, is just communicating what is social media and what are the benefits of it and why should we be a part of it. And so for so long, it was about convincing our C-suite or just brands in general, because I was on the agent's new side as mm-hmm. well. I'm just, why should you be a part of social media? Like, why should you be in it? Luckily, now we've transitioned to, yes, everyone should be in it, but now why should we invest more? And why should we be doing X versus Y? And so I think there's always going to be a challenge because it's not traditional media. It's not like TV and it's not like print advertising. And so we don't have 30 years plus experience doing this. Yep. But um, it's still made huge strides for how long it's been around. Um, the, I mean, we can just see by how much budgets have increased over just the last three years even um, compared to that of television. Um, So I think there's still a lot more room to grow and it will always be a challenge, but at least um, it's an exciting challenge. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I always think it's so interesting because with television and with radio and a lot of and print, you know, you couldn't always really do an attribution, right? You couldn't you couldn't Mm -hmm. identify this person saw you on TV and that's why they purchased this. And then you had search, which changed everything, right? It made everything like, okay, this is last click attribution. Here we are. We know what we're doing. And. Then you got to social, and so it's so interesting because social was measured against the same. They wanted the same type of reach that you would get from TV, the same type of brand concept, but the same type of attribution to direct sale as search. So it was a much harder story to prove, but I think you're right that over time it's been getting much, much better.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's only going to get better too, as we move forward.
1: I agree. I agree. It is a, it is a tough challenge, but it's something that, that I see changing and I, I'm, I'm happy to see that you see it too. So tell me, I know we talked about challenge. Tell me proudest moment in the career.
0: So I think my proudest moment is probably Snapchat. Just awesome. We, Grubhub is a smaller brand and we are often compared to Taco Bell when it comes to Snapchat and just have an, article after article. And just having that comparison is just, it's so, it it just makes me proud. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Because I mean, we would never, like in my wildest dream, we would have been compared to a brand that size.
1: And just knowing that
0: what we're doing resonates that well with customers is just, it's great. Like we, my dream is just to make people laugh and smile all day with our content. And it sounds like we're doing that. And so it makes me happy.
1: What a great thing to come to work every day knowing that you can make people laugh and smile with the type of content that you produce. I I know, right? That's awesome. It makes my job good. I love (laughs) it. All right. So tell me, Casey, I always ask because our social ladies love advice. So tell me what's the best advice you've received and therefore best advice that you have for some of our younger listeners today?
0: Yeah. So with social media specifically, I think the best advice I've ever received was you can't measure everything. There are so many stats in social media that you are just going to kill yourself trying to measure them all. Um, And it's not going to paint the picture that you want to paint. So pick and choose wisely. I know we talked earlier about the C-suite business objective or business goals um, and measuring those as well as the soft metrics to help um, showcase your work um, on a day-to-day basis. I think those are really great, but don't try to measure everything because it's not going to paint the picture
1: that you want. I love it. Okay, last question for you, Casey. What's your favorite? So I, I got your favorite social network for Grubhub, which is Snapchat. What is your favorite mm-hmm. social network for Casey personally? Instagram. Instagram. I like to
0: pretend I'm a good photographer. I
1: love it. Doesn't it make you feel like you're like the next um, Annie Leibovitz? Because for me, it does oh, totally. Totes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh. And so, Casey, where should people follow you and or follow Grubhub? Give us some shout-outs because you were a wealth of knowledge today. Uh, Thank you.
0: So definitely follow Grubhub. It's at Grubhub on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Vine, YouTube, you name it. Um, And you can follow me at Casey Geen, K-C-G-E-E-N, at Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Instagram. Facebook, Vine, you name it,
1: also. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, Casey, you're a wonderful social lady, and I feel so lucky to have you on the show today.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It was such a great time. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Curfin. To get current social media insights and
1: great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast was brought to you by Likeable Media. At Likeable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. Visit likeable.com for more information today.